0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com
0: Teams. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com.
1: Hey, Buff, we've talked about it time and time again, but at this point, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't even think we need to say it, but we might as well. If you're going to bet the games this weekend or fights or really any sport,
2: all of our listeners should be doing it one place, and that's my book. I agree because, you know, the important thing is it's not what team or sport you're betting on that's important. It's even more important to know who you're betting with, and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. And trust me, they are the best bet this season for your choices. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is really easy to use. So I would only recommend a service like this to my listeners. And the reason why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie is because if you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player per- perks in the business. And for guys out there, the world has changed and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the
1: safe and secure way to chat, meet, call and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com Teams
2: that love betting on fantasy sports. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. They have all these special things on their site. So basically, join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code BUFFER to activate the offer. That's BUFFER, all in capitals, B-U-F-F-E-R. Visit MyBookie online today. Again, that's MyBookie. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot com. And don't forget to use the promo code BUFFER in capitals when creating your account to claim your bonus. And why? Because if you play, you win, you get paid. With
0: Bruce Buffer. And now it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are live.
2: it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are popping to the Great Wall of China. And back to the streets of Adelaide, Australia, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. UFC, current events, politics, President Trump. It's sex, drugs, rock and roll, no-holes-barred conversation. And that's what we're here for. We have an exciting show today. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how you doing? I'm good, Buck. I'm good. How was uh, China? China was great. The show was exciting. I had a blast with the show. I had a blast being in China. And I had a real blast on Sunday. So, Because instead of taking a plane back first thing in the morning, I had a late flight out. I went with a number of people from production, including Uriah Faber and a couple of the Octagon girls, Red De La Cruz. uh Christy came by, it was the whole bit, and we toured the Great Wall of China. Hey,
1: finally, from the Great Wall of China.
2: That's my point. I just realized as I was doing the intro today, I've been saying this for, what, eight, ten years, uh, that line, and there I was because I literally was at the Great Wall of China, and now I'm heading back to the streets of Adelaide, Australia. Truism, imperfectionism.
1: Yeah, I love it.
2: Hey, TJ, let me tell you. The Great Wall of China is 13,171 miles long. It was obviously built with manual labor, obviously slave labor. God knows how many people died building it. It took almost 70 or did take seven dynasties to build, which is hundreds of years, right? No machinery, no nothing, like the pyramids. I'm standing there on top looking over at this amazing spectacular view, wondering how the hell did they build this thing? And the, the fun thing is you literally take a ski lift up to the top, right? Just like a ski lift to the top of Mammoth Mountain or any ski mountain. Once you're done, well, excuse me, when you get up there, you have a choice. You can go left where they said it's more even and easier, and you got 20 towers to cover on the on the walk, or you go right and there's five. And you think, okay, that'll be quicker. TJ, I went right and they said it would be steep. TJ, it was steep down, steep up, and a little little lesser and easier. And man. I was very proud of myself because my legs were felt real strong, but I did huff and puff. I'm telling you, it was a workout, and it was a great way, a great way to uh, have fun on a Sunday, and then go to a nice uh, Chinese brunch afterwards and pig out. I felt like I worked off enough calories. Uh, but what imagine. a sight! Yeah. yeah, I posted on Instagram, posted a couple of pictures. A real treat. So I definitely had fun. Asia is a growing, burgeoning, huge MMA market, but it is a huge market and fan base for the UFC. Uh Dana White and Zufa and the whole UFC uh organization has opened up an eighty-three thousand square foot ultimate fighting training center in Shanghai. in, In Shanghai, if I'm not mistaken, which they're gonna have where the fighters can train. And they can start to get more fighters out of Asia, you know, training for future shows. It is a great move by the UFC, and it just tells you where the future is going. As with the new ESPN deal, the UFC is going to be more global than ever. I love traveling Asia. Can't wait to go back to China and everywhere else we have planned. Um, Another historic show, an historic move by the UFC, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, TJ. Bigger and bigger. Onward and upward, my friend. Onward and upward. And speaking of onward and upward, we're going to be onward and upward in our show. We have a very special guest, none other than the great legendary sports and entertainment announcer, Michael Buffer. My brother, my partner. um, I've been working with him as his manager for over 25 years and many other partnerships that we've done in business. And I'm really excited to have him on. So let's bring on Michael Buffer. Let's bring on the familia. And now a very special guest for its time radio. The legendary sports and entertainment announcer, the greatest announcer of all time. Yes, you heard it. That's from me. He is the greatest. He's my friend, my brother, my business partner, and should I say, my big brother. Let's welcome the great Michael Buffer. Hi, Michael. Hi, baby brother. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming out. (laughs) Doing great. Doing great. Listen, it's great to have you on. We've not had you on for a while. TJ's been talking about it for a while, and and there's so much going on in your life, and your career. I think... Out of the 25 plus years we've been working together, this year of 2018 is going down as one of your busiest years ever, which is amazing.
0: It's, been, it's really been
2: insane, hasn't it, Bruce? Just my it's, God, but a, just a ton of work. A, a ton of work. And, and the biggest announcement, which was made back in September, much to the chagrin of boxing fans for certain reasons, because you won't be seen on HBO, who isn't doing much boxing now anyway, and other events, but you've signed a... A very wonderful exclusive agreement to be Matchroom Boxing's exclusive announcer, the home to Anthony Joshua, a lot of other uh, fantastic fighters in boxing, and also to represent and be the p- spokesperson for the DAZN, which for most people's edification is pronounced zone," the DAZN Network. and before you come back, I want to say that the commercials they've been running, which everybody's watching on NFL football, Michael, their commercials, their creativity is amazing. And you're doing a great job. I, I I know I'm your manager and I know we work together, but as a fan and the person interviewing right now, I got to say, congratulations. What an amazing setup you did for yourself.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, shooting those. We we shot them at, uh, the, uh, the forum in Inglewood and, mm-hmm. uh, a great production crew and they really put together some funny spots. Um, they're going to, it'll, it's going to be a series of different ones. And, and as you know, we just did a bunch of uh, voiceovers that'll be added on to uh, spots in the future. So yeah, a lot of fun. I I, it, it, I get to make fun of myself in a certain way and, and they, they did a great job. It, it's It was a trip doing it. Believe me.
2: You know, one thing's for sure, when it comes to being self-deprecating and, and having some humor set in something you do, whether you're on Saturday Night Live or many of the other comedy shows you've been on, you'd never have a problem with that. And, and it's coming out big in the D'Zone commercials. I see the scripts. I see some of the outtakes we won't talk about. But it's hilarious stuff. And yet they're getting their branding across. They're making a really big push. They're spending tons of money. They signed Canelo. They signed you. They signed an MMA organization called Bellator. They're, they're out there really making their push and uh, it's great stuff. And you'll be doing how many events do you think you'll do in uh, 2018? Roughly 24 for them.
0: Um, yeah, the, the, the deal we have calls for, uh, 23 fights uh, a year. Right. And then, uh, looks like there's going to be a few extra here and there. So, uh, you know, which is ka That's great. You know, <laughs> bucks, but, um, it's great. Hey, listen. Speaking of DAZN and their uh, their promotional thing with doing commercials and, and promos, mm-hmm. they I, I just saw this uh, the other day when Tiger Woods and uh, Mickelson were playing uh, that um, head-to-head uh, golf match right. in Vegas. Right. They hired a skywriting team that overhead in a perfectly blue, clear sky wrote "Pay Per View Sucks." <laughs> and this is unbelievable. And um watch uh Canelo uh Rocky for free on Zone, Which wow. is um and yeah, because if you like if you buy the zone right now or you, if you subscribe to streaming on the zone right now, your first month is free, so that would include the uh the fielding and Canelo fight on um uh, September
2: fifteenth. So that's it's a pretty good deal, but I can't believe they did that right overhead. No, that's a ama- pay-per-view guy. That's amazing. Just to clarify that a little more. So here you have this happening. So without them paying a dime, I assume they hired a skywriter to do it in the background, so it showed up in pictures and otherwise. Is that how I'm interpreting this?
0: Um, it was or you, th- you know it was just overhead. I mean, it wasn't wasn't like they were going to put it on the broadcast or anything. Oh, but uh, right. Yeah.
2: That's out-of-the-box marketing. Smart move. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, very cool. Now, in boxing, you know, there's obviously with Matchroom, who you're working with, they have Anthony Joshua. They have a lot of other fine boxers. Uh, speaking boxing, we've got this big fight that a lot of people are looking forward to. You've got Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder uh, going at it. If I'm not mistaken, um, I, I, my attitude is this. Here's my pick. I want to get your opinion. Wilder is younger and faster. Fury may be technically better, but my pick for this fight is probably Wilder to come out on top. How do you see the fight?
0: I I would think anybody is going to uh, pick him as the favorite. Wilder as the favorite, right? But um, I don't know. There's something about Tyson Fury that he's he's clever. You know, I I I don't know if he's great or if he's good or, but I know he's clever and he he seems to have. Uh, He has a a will to win, you know,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, he's 35. Wilder's 30, I think, maybe 31. Right. So uh, if it becomes a boxing match, uh, maybe Fury would have the edge if he can uh, be able to. He's got pretty good defense. And uh, Wilder's big punching power is, uh, is the big swing, left and right. Right, not much for a you know down the middle, short punching inside type of fighter, but he can mm-hmm. you know he can punch. There's no doubt about it. He's been on the sole knockouts and he's undefeated, so we know he can bang.
2: Uh, it, that'll be it'll be a very exciting fight. I think I, it's something I won't be able to watch because I'll be down in Australia, but you know I'll catch it uh, in a replay. But after this fight, the next fight for the winner of this fight wouldn't it be Anthony Joshua? Isn't that the uh, likely fight uh, for the undisputed yeah. heavyweight title?
0: Uh, yeah, I would think so if they can work out a, work out a deal because, you know, AJ is uh, part of DAZN and Matchroom Boxing. And uh, let's say if it's Wilder, who's the winner, um,
2: he has a contract with uh, Showtime. So, you know, right. it,
0: may, it may or may not work out. I don't know.
2: Well, supposedly from what I'm reading here, <clears throat> Joshua has a date reserved at Wembley Stadium for April. So that could possibly be the the shot, but who knows? We'll yeah. see what happens after that's over. Getting out of the, uh, the world of boxing, which is obviously, you know, your world without, without question, let's get in the world of movies. I mean, one thing that has really been coming on is you've been very active in the film industry this year. Uh, recently mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving weekend, you're featured in Michael B. Jordan's Creed two, which knocked the box office out. I, for a, it set a record for the biggest of you ever for a live action release over Thanksgiving, which was $55.8 million in, ticket sales which is pretty phenomenal and you're in that film and then uh with that you saw it so tell us about the movie for a second you saw the film because you went to the premiere in new york
0: yeah pretty good i i really enjoyed it uh stallone did the screenplay and uh it had a nice touch i loved the opening sequence was really cool because it opens um you know before the screenplay it's you know just a cold opening with um, a couple of workers in the Ukraine and looking like they're kind of like a little, a little bit into the blue heavy into blue collar work and uh, work in construction, but they get up early to do uh, road work. And, um, like a coach and a fighter. And you don't see the, the coach's face until about two minutes in, he slightly turns the profile and you see that it's, um, Victor Drago from, mm. uh, you know, from was a Rocky three and, uh, the audience goes, ah, oh, you know, it's the soft London in, in, his late fifties. and it's a, really a great touch. And then it sets up the whole thing with, uh, the son of Drago eventually in the movie fighting the son of Apollo creed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a well-made movie. It's a lot of fun.
2: No, it's a good script. You know, he's in there to avenge, uh, the death of his father, you know, with the hands of, uh, Drago's son's father, which is Drago. Uh, with that, now let me ask you a question. There's been some scuttlebutt going around. Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, mentioning that he would be willing to box Roy Jones Jr. And like we all know, and and Dana White actually quoted this thing that actors want to be fighters and fighters want to be actors, but looking at the fight scenes and what you've seen and and after working on both the first Creed film and this Creed film with Michael B. Jordan, how would you rate on a one to ten his actual real boxing skills if he was to get in and spar with a real boxer? If you can, if you you saw enough to even give a rating. Against? uh, (laughs) Well, Well, against Roy uh, Jones. uh, I think we know the answer. (laughs)
0: uh,
2: Yeah, 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 it's it's just not going to happen. So, Right, but I mean, he. <laughs> I, he did. I I
0: actually don't. I, I actually don't even believe that uh, Michael P. Jordan said that he wanted to fight. Uh, you know, would you say? Did you say Roy Jones?
2: Yeah, exactly. That's the. That's what I read. It was a. You know, one of those TMZ blurbs that he feels he can step in the ring with Roy Jones Jr. So who knows how he said mm-hmm. it? But they they played off it and they built it up. But I I think the answer. I think you answered it without answering it. How's that? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but, that's, but he that's obviously worked ahead. hard. He obviously worked hard. Obviously, is in great shape for the film. Looks great in the film. Performs great in the film, and that's what's all. That's what's all important. I'm very excited. I can't wait to to go see it myself. Now, another big film that's being released is uh, Holmes and Watson, which is coming out in Christmas, which you have a featured cameo role in. I'm happy to say that I'm uh, and with, you. with yeah. and with <laughs> and with me, Bruce <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Very excited about this. TJ, we had a great time. We they they contacted us. The scene was set up in London. It's a hilarious script. It's set in the 1800s. It's Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson. And it's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. They make a great comedic team in both the Talladega Nights and the Step Brothers films. And uh, we had the honor of being the film. and And I got to say, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun filming, being on the set, and especially in hair and makeup <laughs> for what we had to do to be in this film.
0: <laughs> Bruce, you looked really good in those mutton chop sideburns. That was pretty
2: cool. Yeah, I don't know if I'd wear them in real life, but it was awfully fun to wear them for the few days that we were there. So I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. And I,
0: and I got to say, Michael. We, we have to wait and see if we make the cut. I mean, you know, you never know, but, but we had a lot of fun doing the shoot.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, one thing you never know is until the film's over. I mean, they, they film so much, but I was a big scene. So, I'm looking forward to seeing us whether it's for a split second or for a few minutes, so it should be fun and I gotta say michael and i'm I'm speaking for you at the same time, Riley, great guy, will Farrell, one of the nicest gentle giants I think I've ever met in the film industry. Oh my god, there's yeah and and
0: you know what was funny about that? A lot of fans um I, you know may find this interesting, but the film was done, it was completed, and then they came up with this idea of uh just another scene where they're in in an old time gymnasium from what like the, the the 1890s or something and um
2: don't give, to, don't give away too much don't give away too much do a bit
0: i'm not going to give away too much but right you know uh, there there we are at, at, at ringside you know so it's <laughs> it's crazy the movie industry so here they fly everybody back to london and and, and do a shoot just for one scene but uh, that's a big budgets are for i guess
2: Absolutely. And if that scene and everything went into it and all the money they spent to make it look as amazing as they made it look on the set, if that's any indication for the rest of the movie, the movie's a winner. It's hilarious. And like I said, I can't wait to see it. Um, the movie's being released, released for Christmas release. It'll be uh, released on December 21st. Uh, look forward to it again. Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, featuring the great Michael Buffer. And I'm happy to say Bruce Buffer there with him too. That was a lot of fun. I, any chance, any chance I get to work with Michael, it's always a blast. Always was. Yeah, yeah. Might be a stretch to say we're featured in the movie, but we're,
0: we hopefully will pop up in there.
2: How does this sound? Cameo, cameo appearance. Okay. That'll,
0: That'll be take good. a cameo any day.
2: Yeah, exactly. Now it's not over there. Next year, which you've already filmed this summer, you're in one of the biggest movies of 2009. It's the movie, Disney's film Dumbo, directed by Tim Burton. An amazing vision, visionary director. When he does films, in this you do have a featured role. I'm going to let you say it. What character do you play in this movie? I
0: played Tone Bates, the ringmaster. You know, in certain the old-time circuses. Well, I guess all circuses now are old-time because because there's hardly any left. But um, uh, you know, with the uh, the boots and red coat and top hat and everything, I'm the uh, the ringmaster, and I get to introduce. Dumbo in his first appearance under the, uh,
2: under the big top. That's awesome. That's so, uh, awesome. you know, I've seen the video promos they put out. The film looks amazing. It really does. Yeah. Well, Kim,
0: Kim Burton is, uh, he's, he's just spectacular. Uh, he's a genius and he's brilliant. And, uh, Colin Farrell is the leading man. And Eva Green is the leading lady with and then you have Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, Alan Arkin. you got, uh, some Academy Award uh, winners and nominees there among that crew. So, yeah, that's uh, – it, it looks like it's going to be one hell of a movie. But it's it's Dumbo. It's Walt Disney's Dumbo. And uh, the trailer and the teaser are on the Internet right now. So anybody listening, just go to YouTube and look up Dumbo trailer, and then you'll get to catch a little of it. And Dumbo was always one of my, my favorite uh, animated movies as a kid. So this is going to have the usual – tear jerking scenes with Dumbo's mom being taken away and all that stuff. And, uh, it, it's going to be pretty exciting.
2: Yeah. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. I'm sure there's going to be a huge premiere for it. I'm sure you'll be at it. And I'll try to nuzzle you for an extra ticket to the film when that happens. If it's in LA, Absolutely. let's thank you. Let's step into the world of rock and roll TJ. I'm telling you, Michael is so diversified over as he is every year in all the different areas of sports and entertainment he works in. It's, it's just amazing. um, But KISS is doing their final world tour. They started off announcing 44 cities. They added another 26 cities to that 44. And I'm proud to say that the man that voiced the nationwide promos for every city that KISS is starting to sell ticket sales for is none other than you, Michael. And with the whole let's get ready to rumble, the whole bit. So you're also part of rock and roll. You've you've introduced some of the biggest music acts on the stage. And this is another step into the music world. And I'm sure you had a lot of fun doing that, even though, you know, you had to rattle it off for a couple hours in the booth. But um, these guys, <laughs> I would say.
0: <laughs> what, what did it end up being like 125 cities or something?
2: Well, I don't know how they, they do it. It's an amazing tour. Well, here's what's happening from what I understand is that so far you've done, you did 44 on the first, you did a second session of 26. The tour was supposed to be lasting about a year because there's, this is what I'm told, because they're selling out, everywhere they're going pretty much that and this is their last tour this tour could be extended and again don't quote me this is a possibility could be extended for two to three years so i guess as you can say yes it could be over 100 cities and they're going to milk it for all they can i mean these guys are in an average age of around 68 to 70 plus and they're out there busting their they're
0: they're they're legendary i mean yeah and they you know they um they they have always killed in every concert they've done over the last, I guess you'd have to say 35 years, mm-hmm. maybe more. I mean, they are just uh, icons and they have a, a following of, uh, of adults <laughs> that are, yeah. you know, can't afford to buy the tickets. And it's really, really amazing. They're just selling. I mean, they're going to be in here in the LA area they will be uh, at Anaheim at Staples and oh will probably be the forum and uh it it's gonna be quite spectacular. So, you know, who knows? I mean they they'll probably end up doing stadiums and everything else. So, so it's it's gonna be pretty extensive.
2: Oh, sure. And I predict aside from you stepping in to do their promotion for them that you're gonna step on stage and introduce them at one or more of those tours with or concert dates, which I'm very excited about and looking maybe forward to Vegas. that too. Maybe Vegas, maybe That's LA. It's all about well, it's Vegas, all about your baby, <laughs> It's all about your availability, Michael. You're a busy cat, that's for yeah. sure. And speaking of cats, let's take a second here. We know that all of us in in our family are huge animal lovers. You are one of the biggest animal lovers you and your wonderful, beautiful wife, Christine, you know, with all the animals that you have together. You're a big promoter on your Twitter account, your Instagram account of getting animals from dog and cat rescues. You tweet about it all the time. Tell us about, your feelings on that and, and how many animals do you and Christine have right now?
0: Uh, we've got, uh, four dogs and, uh, two cats. Uh, we didn't, the, the two cats came about when Christine went to, uh, you know, one of the, uh, ubiquitous pet stores in the, the LA area just to get, you know, some toys and dog food. And, uh, there was a setup of handicapped cats and she came home and said, uh, uh, we're going to have to get a couple of cats. I'm like, well, she's not just go with me. And we went, so we uh, fell in love with this little girl that had her, her leg amputated, her rear leg amputated pretty high up. She was about at the time, five or six months old. And she was with her brother, who's a healthy cat, but we figured, you know, just, they're just like inseparable. And so we just brought them home and, uh, it turned out to be great cats of course the vet bills were insane the first uh, four months but yeah uh, that's part of the deal you know and uh, they're they're real healthy and little girl doesn't she has no idea
2: she has a missing leg she flies all around the house and they're uh, they're a trip that's wonderful you're you're both to be commended for that it's it's a big hard move on your part and it's a beautiful thing and I know you're pushing me to get my new animals because I'm animalist right now since I lost my two cats and um, that would be the way to go of course as we discussed many times. Now, another transition over. We'll talk NFL TJ. Michael is one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to football and the teams and where they're at, their activity. Uh, Is that how you make
1: your bets? You just call Michael and he gives you the information? Is that what it is? No.
2: Well, I mean, I I could, but I'll tell you right now, now that you brought up, Michael doesn't bet. Michael is not a better. You know me, the only sports I bet, I never bet fights. I do like putting a little action on football games, certain ones for a little excitement during the game. Michael gets on my case about that once in a while because quite honestly, and he's right. It takes away from watching the game as far as actually watching the game with no thought about point spreads and stuff like that. But Michael, I have a question to ask about you Our Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. What's what is going on? I think we're talking about the Super Bowl champions, a decimated secondary. Uh, how can you comment? Do you think with five games left, they have a chance for a wild card spot or if possibly to win the division? Do you think there's a shot there for them? No, no, they,
0: they, they're not good. There's no way they're going to beat the Rams and uh who they're playing and, and they have almost their entire um defensive backfield is, is gone they actually had three guys playing that uh three weeks ago weren't even on an nfl roster like practice team guys so i mean that's it's tough so I, I don't know how they pulled off a win against the, the giants uh sunday because i <laughs> it seemed kind of boneheaded the giants coach only had uh Uh, Saquon Barkley touched the ball four times in the second half, and the guy's probably the best running back in the NFL, so Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to some poor coaching on the opponents, they they pulled out a win, but um, you know, they're, what, five and six? Uh, I I, I don't think they can, I think they're going to end up being seven and nine when it's all done. See, what they Uh, need to do,
1: they need need to hire the brothers buffer to come into the locker room and, and get them ready to rumble. It's time.
0: Well, <laughs> Do you think so, TJ? I don't know. That's, that, well, that, I mean, it's Burn- worked before with me. I've, I've got a pretty good track record for uh, teams and appearances. And but I, you know what? Let me, let me just. My my best record is three times. I recorded the starting lineups for college teams three times. One for men, uh, UConn men, then UConn women's, and Duke. And all three
2: times those teams won the national championship. That's a good record. And they're very superstitious yep. in sports. You hear that? You hear that? Hey. Time, time hey, to call hey, the
1: hey. brothers buffer.
0: Hey, you know, what's, uh, it's all about superstition in sports. Remember Denver, uh, Bruce, <laughs> <laughs> where yep. I went and yep. did a playoff game and they're yep. playing Jacksonville. It's gotta be like 10, 12 years ago. Easily. Maybe more. And, uh, They were heavily favored, and Jacksonville came back in the second half and won that game, and um, I I don't think I'm allowed in Denver anymore.
2: (laughs) Well, you know me. I always follow up on past business to create new business, and there was no reaction from them after that because, they, again, they are very superstitious. There's no question. So, Michael, who are the teams to beat? In my opinion, we've got New England coming on strong, as they usually do this time of year, but it's the Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs to me. Am I missing something? Is there Uh, somebody else? They really got to play yeah, here. Chiefs,
0: I, I really, I really like the chiefs except twice now, the two, uh, the, uh, they lost to new England and they lost to, uh, the Rams, right. Just recently. Right.
2: Yes. On Monday, yeah. The highest score, the highest scoring, the the chiefs, highest scoring chiefs, game in Monday they, night football.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They scored 40 points in both games and, and lost the games. I, you know, the defense just in big games, that defense seems to drop dead. Of course, there, Brady was hot. Brady's not not that good right now. He seems to be, I'm not going to say, he's still probably the fourth, fifth, sixth best quarterback in the NFL. But he doesn't look like Brady did in the first five weeks of the season. Right. That said, it's still New England. And the thing that one, that, that one problem, uh, in addition to the defense collapsing, uh, you know, in, in big scoring games for the Chiefs, is the curse of Andy Reid. He just, you know, he got to one Super Bowl with the Eagles, and they lost that mm-hmm. uh, with Ron Jaworski back in uh, 1980. Right, and uh, all those Eagles teams that he got to the playoffs, you know, they they always end up with a uh, an L at the end of the season. So, yep. uh, you know, maybe maybe Big Andy can pull one off this year because I love that quarterback Mahomes, and
2: man, I think ooh he is oh, he's- spectacular. He's awesome, completely awesome. There's no question, and very young too. What is he like? Twenty four or something like that?
0: Yeah, 23, 24. twenty four. Second
2: That's, year, I guess. Yeah, well, it's exciting stuff to watch. Also, too, I mean, there's some teams sitting in the background. The Bears seem to be doing better than they've done recently, but I think yeah, you super- gotta
0: love it. You gotta love it when it when a team that just hasn't you know had it going for them over a decade or something, and and um, I think
2: what are they eight and three? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Yeah. Yep, very good. Very, very good. Very good. So, Texas Super Bowl prediction: Texas was
0: good last night, and um, uh, Dallas, since they got Amari Cooper, seems to be uh, having a little bit of something going. I, I don't think they have the defense to to really, you know, progress in the in the playoffs, and now they're going to play the Saints Thursday night, and that's going to really be here. If they beat the Saints, then they have to be considered a, a
2: decent team as a wild card, or
0: well, they'll probably win their division
2: with uh, well, with nine or ten, ten wins, maybe. Yeah, the division that our Philadelphia Eagles are in, of course. But, you yeah. know, if they can stop Ezekiel and Breeze can do what he's been doing so incredibly, because to me he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, breaking records left yeah. and right, and at 40 ever, and at 40 and 41, it, it's, it's just amazing. It is like watching Brady when he's really on target. These guys at their age just... Giving the twenty something quarterbacks something to really admire and, and look after and learn from, so it's fun to watch. Super Bowl prediction, Michael. Who are we going to see in the Super Bowl?
0: Um, you know, it's going to be it's a tough pick between the Saints and the Rams. Um, you know, being in LA, it'd be great, exciting to see the Rams there. The Saints just look good, look awesome. Uh, I think it's one of those two teams, and. Um, I, I think the Chiefs are going to
2: make it to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I go with that. I'd love to see a replay of that game we watched a couple weeks ago on Monday night with the 54-51 score. What I mean, I thought the Philadelphia Super Bowl last year was one of the greatest I've ever watched. Those two guys go at it, and give us a performance like they gave a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football. That could be one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. So something to look forward to For and sure. ex- exciting times with five weeks left till playoffs. Uh, Michael, anything you want to tell us? Uh, tell the audience, our international listeners, anything special you want to led on to,
0: yeah I, you know i just
2: um I, I, and actually
0: because i'm spokesperson for them and everything but you know if you're a fight fan the whole thing with dazone is is a great deal you can you know for 10 bucks a month 9.99 you get streaming uh you're going to get not just one but occasionally uh you know maybe six eight fights a month plus uh, bellator which uh has a great MMA, not, not at the level of UFC, but you quite a few guys there have to be considered, you know, extremely uh, good uh, competitors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great thing. We're going to have a lot of good fighters. Uh, Canelo is part of the package. He has an 11, um, is it 11 fights over three, four years or something? And $356 million contract. Amazing, and they're trying to sign uh, Triple G, to zone well, is. Wow! And, wow, uh, wow! Yeah! Yeah! And, and well, Matchroom uh, Golden Boy has Canelo, on the Matchroom is on the zone, and Matchroom has two other of uh, two of the other middleweight champs in uh, Andrade, Demetrius Andrade, and uh, Daniel um, J- Danny Jacobs. So you know we're going to see some great middleweight title fights. And heavyweight fights with Anthony Joshua and it's uh, worth tuning into.
2: Well, when you look at the scope of boxing today and you look at the roster that DeZone has with you know, if they get triple G, they've got Canelo, they got Joshua, they got Andre, if they get triple G, they pretty much got all the mainstays of boxing as far as popularity these days, in my opinion. Because yeah. Anthony Joshua is yeah. lighting up the heavyweight division for me, I'm looking forward to this fight this weekend. So good for them, good for them, and and good for you, Michael. <laughs> good for you, my friend. <laughs> love it. Yeah. I love the whole the whole the whole thing being the representative for DAZN. Everybody listening, let me give you Michael. If you want to follow Michael Buffer on social media at Instagram, uh, Michael's handle is at Real Michael Buffer. We got to get away from those imposters. It's at Real Michael Buffer on Instagram and on Twitter it's at Michael under slash buffer on Twitter. And I will say you're very active in your social media and very entertaining. And I encourage everybody to follow Michael buffer on uh, the social yeah, media. I, I have a
0: lot of, I have a lot of fun with it. Angela. I'll tell you one thing, you know, uh, I, I do like to tweet a lot about rescue, uh, adopt, don't shop. Uh, you know, it comes to cats and dogs, pets and, um, just yesterday, a guy posted a thing where he took my advice and went out and got a rescued a, a six month old dog from a, a local shelter. And man, that just made my day. I, I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm, hopefully, there's a few out there that didn't bother to to post it, but just to see that, you know, it's just really glad to to see that because there, there are so many um, tragic stories you see, uh, you know, with um, kill shelters and everything. So. There's a lot of critters out there, and uh, I want to also say something. Don't be afraid of getting yourself a pit bull. They are great dogs. Uh, you know, you don't want to, you know, uh, listen to all the stuff. It's, it's the owners that abuse these dogs, and uh, a lot of great dogs out there, big and small. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot in uh, getting adopting an, an older pet, a little silver-faced uh, dog. He does won't have too many years left, but yeah, it'll just be the greatest thing you've ever, ever could do. So yeah, go out there and, and go to a shelter and take home too.
2: No, it's wonderfully said and uh, a wonderful thing to do. And I retweet those tweets when I see them because they do have meaning and it would be great. Like you said, with the one person that got an animal from the rescue center, let's say that for everyone that posted, there were three that didn't. And that's, that's doing your part, Michael. And that's, that's one thing you do like to do. And I commend you on it. Um, also too, I want to say uh, thank God with these fires, these horrific fires we had in California without mentioning location. But TJ, Michael was in England working and watching TV where 40-plus homes around where his home was were burning up in flames with no idea if he had a home to go home to. No idea. And luckily, the fire came, what, within 50 feet of your house, Michael?
0: 50 yards. We got a big burn line at the top of the hill. I have an acre and a half where I live and – I'm I'm down inside uh, the canyon and just most of the, uh, the the fire stayed uh, up on the ridges, but it did roll down that hill and up and behind that hill at the crest. uh, uh, We lost a home and uh, a a total of 37 were uh, burned out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. In in our community. Yeah. And I also, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I look out, you know, pull up into the driveway and there's that, that, Black line where it just decided to stop, and with the wind blowing and everything, it's just knock on wood, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, somebody was right. Really I watched, I, we, I, I was away, I came back, couldn't get back, couldn't get in, onto the property, Then had to uh, continue on to another site, another job. So I, I spent uh, two weeks before I could even, you know, get near the house, and uh, Christine, uh, it was a mandatory evacuation and she had to leave the house with flames all around at five in the morning, collect all the animals and take off and, you know, picture pictures taken from the dashboard as she was driving actually toward the Hills and on fire and just amazing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. What can I say? It's, it's just a matter of luck. And, and I urge everybody like, you know, Christine and I are uh, going, just purging our closets, looking for everything we know we're not going to wear anymore. And, you know, donate uh, clothes and even you know toys and
2: games and things. You know, there's just people are homeless. They're out. They have yeah. nothing. Nothing. So don't hesitate. Yeah. Nothing. Again, a beautiful move on your and Christine's part. Absolutely. Uh, let's see what else here. I guess uh, that's going to be it, Michael. We're going to let you go. Um, All right. As as always, we'll continue to do are our you work get together.
0: Juice. you're going to get some sleep i mean you've been in china you've been in australia what's going where where are you next week
2: Uh, i leave tomorrow night for adelaide australia i get back on monday i go to toronto canada the following thursday so it's one of those three-week periods which you know better than anybody you get to a point going back and forth you lose track of time zones and you just sleep when you can but everything's good i'm ready to get on the road again looking forward to a big show in australia
0: I love Adelaide. It's a really, really nice city. It's, it, it's the very uh, southern part of Australia, which will be maybe uh, – oh, actually, you're hitting there. It's just uh, nice and warm weather right now, so enjoy it. I, I wish you could spend some more time there because Kangaroo Island is just uh, off the coast of Adelaide, and uh, you would have loved that place. But yeah, Australia is great. You've been there many times, so I love it.
2: I Lots actually – Love the people, love the food, love the culture, love the class factor, everything. And I have never had a bad experience in Australia. I've loved every single city I've visited there with Sydney to me being one of the greatest cities in the world period.
0: Yes, yeah,
2: yeah. no question. No, question. Yeah,
0: my, my bucket list is to, uh, do a new year's Eve in uh, Sydney. We have friends there with a big boat just to go out in the Harbor. Cause you know, New Year's Eve is the middle of the summer down there. So it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, watch the fireworks over the opera house. Uh, You can't beat that.
2: That's one of the pleasures of our job, you know, doing traveling what we do. I mean, obviously, when you're show upon show upon show, you can't take the time. But I know you take the time when you can. You just got back from Monte Carlo doing an event there. And I'm sure you had a great time while you were there. TJ, that's what happens. Selectively, we try to take an extra day. And if I could take it, I'd go to Kangaroo Island. But there's just no time. I got to get back, get ready for the next show. And uh, you got to get ready for yours. At least you got a week to relax, and then you're on the road again. Pretty busy December for you, and we'll see each other at Christmas. And what can I say, big yeah. brother? But I love you dearly. I love working with you. I love our business together, our partnership. But most of all, I love being and having you as my best friend, and, and that means a lot yeah, to love me. Love you back, brother. Love, love you back. back, too. Love you back. Lots of love on this time, TJ. Let's say goodbye to the great Michael Buffer. See you, TJ. See Bye, you, Michael. Dude. Take care. What a pleasure having my brother Michael Buffer on, a man I've spent uh, working with for well over 25 years, even though we only met (laughs) roughly 30 years ago. Uh, But that's uh, all been detailed in my book, It's Time. If you're interested in seeing how that came about, Michael Buffer and I did not have the pleasure of growing up together. I discovered my brother watching on TV when Mike Tyson got popular during the 80s, and boxing was in a huge resurgence. And out comes this very handsome, debonair, James Bond-style man, doing his announcing, saying his famous phrase, let's get ready to rumble. And then they chiron kind of his name on the screen saying Michael Buffer. And I'm like, who is this guy? We've covered this story many times on the show. Eventually we met four years later. We went into partnership. I became his manager and the rest is history. And it's been an amazing walk through life with this uh, gentleman and classy individual, my it, brother, Michael Buffer. It's
1: interesting, Bruce, because a lot of people don't know that story, even though. I mean, I think it's well chronicled, it's well documented, but it seems like no matter what I go through every year meeting a handful of people that don't know this, this tremendous story.
2: Yeah. So, you know, and thanks to Brian Gumbel. If anybody wants to check it out, if you have uh, HBO go on your phone or TV, wherever you watch it one of, on that app, you can look up Brian Gumbel's real sports and just look up the show, the segment he did about a 15 minute segment. us called uh, the buffer brothers. And it will tell you everything. And thank you again, Brian Gumbel and, and the production crew for that great story. Because it was actually a homage to our working together all these years, which is really cool. All right, moving on. One of the sides we got to talk about briefly and quickly here, but we have to mention it. Chuck Liddell fought Tito Ortiz at the Forum under a Golden Boy Promotions on an MMA show last Saturday night. Uh, people in MMA all know that Tito and Chuck fought twice before. Tito winning both, excuse me, Chuck winning both fights, KOing Tito Ortiz. It turned around the opposing direction, the opposite direction. Tito uh, won the fight Saturday night with a knockout of Chuck Liddell at 4:54 of the first round. Did you watch it, TJ? I did. Even paid
1: forty bucks for it.
2: Oh, okay, good for you. I caught the replay afterwards. Not, not good for me. Not good for me. How how would you rate the overall production on a scale of one to ten?
1: I mean, production was fine. Um, and- I mean, it it looked. It, uh, I'm trying not to say anything terrible um yeah. it it was what it was you know it it was that's golden good. boy's first foray into mixed martial arts. I don't know how many shows golden Boy has really done on their own when it comes to production I mean obviously they've been linked up with hBO for the longest time, but um you know I don't know it it just it is what it is, and that
2: that's really all I want to say about it I guess that's fine too now one last question yeah. Should Chuck Liddell fight again? No, he shouldn't have fought on Saturday. Should Tito Ortiz fight again? Eh,
1: I mean, if he wants to, I guess. I think he's still competitive, but, mm-hmm. I mean, is he going to be, like, to me, like, I'm curious about people fighting for one of two reasons. One, um, I like to know who the best fighter in the world is. So, you know, elite-level competition, we we find that out. Two, The spectacle of fighting. I I have to you know, relinquish the idea that I'm a purist. I do like things um, that are intriguing, that we don't know what's going to happen. But I don't think Tito Ortiz is really either of those things. I don't think he's going to be a world champion. And there's maybe one fight, maybe one fight I'd be interested in Tito having, and I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think this person wants to give it to him, nor I don't even know what they're doing. But that would be Frank Shamrock. Frank Shamrock would be the only person I'm interested in Tito Ortiz fighting, and I don't think we're going to get that. So uh, Tito can go off into the sunset in my book. Well, I hope they both made
2: a lot of money. I wish them all the best for their careers. They're both my friends. And uh, it was hard for me to watch the fight. I I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, again, not to be disparaging, but this doesn't do anything for either of these guys. This doesn't hurt Chuck Liddell's legacy. It doesn't improve Tito Ortiz's legacy. Did Tito Ortiz beat Chuck Liddell? Yeah. But really, it comes down to time. Chuck isn't Chuck anymore, and Tito is more Tito than Chuck is Chuck. You know, and and I'm I'm sorry, like pound for pound if they're both in their physical prime. I know how that fight ends. I saw it yeah. twice. Right. I didn't need to see what I saw on Saturday.
2: Gotcha. Well, you know, I wish them both the best. I hope they made a lot of money Saturday night. Is there any uh comments or predictions on what pay-per-view numbers they got because i was talking with people you know in the in the industry in the sport when i was in china and the consensus of opinion from some very knowledgeable people is that maybe fifty thousand or less pay-per-views
1: i mean well I, he, here's the thing how that breaks down like maybe fifty thousand pay pay-per-views through the television but what about people like me that bought it through the fight tv app what about people that you know bought it other ways other than right, you know right, doing it online right. i like I don't know. Here, here's the bottom line. If it is true, Bruce, if you say fifty thousand people ordered the pay-per-view, I'm not kidding. That's a, that's a perfect number because that means a million less bought it than their last fight. One million fifty thousand people bought UFC sixty-six when they fought in their second fight. Wow! wow. Think about that.
2: Well, it's been rumored that he's got uh, very large percentage, I've heard upwards of 30, who knows, percent each of pay-per-view. If they did a million buys, they'd be sitting on an absolute ton of money. If they do 100,000 buys, they would make a very nice paycheck. I just hope that they make good money for their efforts and move on for what's best for them. With that being said, let's move on to another story here. TJ, I do not know what's going on. There's two stories here that are very disturbing to me. Um, One is that more than 100 sea turtles, these are magnificent animals, if that can turn them as an, or mammals, they were found dead off Cape Cod. What? Cape Cod. A total of 173 sea turtles. I'm talking big turtles. Are they sick. Uh, they were recovered off the Gulf of Maine. That since Wednesday, 227 cold stunned. Get this, cold stunned turtles were recovered. 54 of them have lived. The rest have died. And now they're patrolling the beaches for more to find out what it is. Uh, They don't really have any reason, except that most sea turtles migrate between areas where they can find food and areas they can give birth, typically to warmer waters. Right. But these waters were very cold. Right. So there's not an answer. It just happened. And it's weird. And if you go to this next story, which is really disturbing, is that dead sea lions are washing up in Puget Sound. OK, since September 13th, 13 ca- dead California sea lions have washed up in Puget Sound near Seattle. Right. Mm-hmm. TJ, six of the sea lions were shot. What? And the rest died from other wounds that they have determined has been caused by human beings. Now, but why Granted, Why? I think th- I, to me, this is murder. OK, yes, they're not human beings. But human beings are murdering mammals in the water. There has to be – this has to be a major crime some way, somehow. I do not know.
1: Well, it is a major crime.
2: It's called poaching. Poaching. Now, they claim, okay, what happened is this volunteer organization responded – it responds to calls for stranded animals called the Seal Sitters Marine Mammal Stranding Network, right, said all the other sea lions that weren't shot died from acute trauma. Right? Including one who had its head sliced off oh, that man. they found. Okay? It is not uncommon for sea lions to get shot, most often by fishermen, because they think that they're reducing the salmon population up there. Right, But the current spate of sea lion shootings is much higher than usual for the months of September and November. Okay, there's two things that disturb me. One is the story I'm talking about. The second is that this happens every year, and it's human beings shooting them. Don't like this, TJ. I don't like it. And nobody can tell me that you're supposed to, you know, it's, it, it's legal to do it because you want to minimize the herd. That's not the case here. Now, they are protected under the Marine Mammal Protection Act. And harming one can result up to, and get this, $28,520 and a year in prison. That is the maximum right there. Well, I hope they find them. They're offering a $10,000 reward with anybody that has tips to the conviction of those responsible and a $2,000 reward to anybody with video evidence. Man, if we have any listeners up there and you got anything like this, turn it into the authorities, catch these guys. This is sickening to me, TJ.
1: Oh, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, is it is it murder? No, but it is. I mean, here's the thing. like Anybody that is capable of doing this, like, do you really want them running around in society? Like, Honestly, you're going to kill just to kill like it's it's disgusting it's gross it's morally corrupt um and also it, it impacts you know the ecosystem and mm-hmm. uh i don't know i mean i'm with you buff
2: Ho- hopefully they can find out who did this and you know get to the bottom of it hopefully they can hopefully they can all right let's go into it so a couple higher notes some fun stories to listen to, some heartfelt stories and uh, i'm going to preface it first i'm going to go into a couple collectibles then then with the heartfelt stories down the show collectible wise this is really interesting is the original staircase, the Eiffel Tower staircase. It's a 25-step section of stairs from the Eiffel Tower's original structure. Mm-hmm. They're auctioning this off in Paris, right? It's a 25-step, 4-meter spiral staircase. I guess you can install it at a home or outside. Obviously, it's the part of the Eiffel Tower. Um, this was opened in 1889. That's where the staircase is from. So they're auctioning it off, right? And if you want to nab a slice of this Parisian icon for yourself— they expect it's worth 40000 to $60,000, which, like we talked about last week, actually seems less than I would think it'd be
1: worth. Right. I mean, it's it's one of a kind, you know what I mean? And it's something that, I mean, I can't even imagine what the value add to your home is with something like that. You know what I mean? So I yeah. don't know. Well, in, in
2: 2013, an original section of the Eiffel Tower that measured like 3.5 meters only uh-huh. versus this – so for 249,000. In 216, 2016, another section went for 593,000. So they might say it's worth 40 to 60, but an, a motivated buyer is going to spend a lot more, as is what happens in collectibles. Right. So we'll see what happens. Now another thing this is interesting, too. I'm not going to go into the source subject of the mention of his name, but a photograph of Adolf Hitler embracing a young Jewish girl who he called his sweetheart. That they met outside his house in 1933. The photograph sold for eleven thousand five hundred twenty dollars this week. The photograph of him and this g- young girl. Interesting. I mean, not much could be commented on that. We all know no. what happened after 1933, right? But an interesting thing there. If you get what I'm saying. I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing you loud and clear. Okay. Next up, good story. You know the Storage Wars. You watch that TV show?
1: Yeah. Isn't it fake?
2: Well. I I would say like most reality shows, it is set up, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe certain scenes are set up. But here's something that wasn't set up. And as a jackpot, one of the Storage Wars guys, his name is Dan Dotson. I don't know the. the, I've only watched it a number of times, not enough to name the people in it. But he purchased a storage unit from Storage Wars Star. This guy, he purchased a storage unit, unit. Let me get this straight. A lucky man. Is saying after purchasing a storage unit from storage war stars Dan Dotson for five hundred dollars, that when he went into the storage unit, he found a safe inside that took some time to crack open, right? They didn't really realize what their investment was. They found $7.5 million in cash in the what, safe what? what? They they found seven point five million dollars in cash, but get this uh-huh. the man that's known for buying the storage lockers and and on the show sold it sight unseen to this guy who's not on the show, who found $7.5 million in it. Well, he's probably not a very good storage locker guy. I would have to say there's some questions there after that. And, and I think everybody's learned a lesson now. I don't think there's been a bigger haul than that ever. on. I would guesstimate no. on, on this show. No, no. Um,
1: yeah. So someone's missing some money and they're probably nope. not very happy.
2: <laughs> well, as long as it's not a cartel, The people that found it at least will be happy, if you know what I'm saying. Right, yeah. All good. Now, another feel-good story. Last week was Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. I spent it on a plane to China, as we know. But I'm celebrating tomorrow night with my family. But a feel-good story. A Texas cotton farmer who's battling cancer and couldn't harvest his crop, which meant he would have lost all his money going through what he's going through. His neighbors got together and harvested the crop for him. Oh, wow.
1: 450
2: acres worth.
1: That's a great story.
2: That's a great story. 80 It was about 80 to 90 people that came to help, uh, with this gentleman's name is Bishop, his harvest. He didn't have an exact count. Uh, he brought in 75 hamburgers to feed up everybody ended up running out. Uh, the farmers directed traffic. They did everything. They, they basically prepared everything to go to market, which was valued at $420,000. If that's not a nice feel good story for a man suffering from cancer, That's that's fantastic. And one last story before we close out the show, another beautiful Thanksgiving story, which all of us dream about happening. A couple was cleaning their house for Thanksgiving, getting ready for Thanksgiving with their family. They found a lottery ticket they purchased months earlier that they lost. TJ, the lottery ticket valued and was worth one point eight million dollars. Wow. One point eight million. They found it lost in the house. It was on their nightstand. They hadn't checked it, and there it was.
1: That's great that they even bothered to check it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I'm in cleaning mode, it could be a lottery ticket, it could be a bar of gold, it could be a rubber band. I wouldn't know the difference. i just go into cleaning mode and start throwing things away.
2: Yeah, probably so. I've done the same thing, although I will say if I see a lottery ticket, I put it aside. But also, they must have been right under the wire. I don't know how much time you have to claim these lottery tickets. I think it's a year. Okay, then they were halfway there. It could have gone away. I could not imagine finding that ticket, finding it was worth $1.8 million, and I'm three weeks late to the ball, to the ball. Oh, my God. Yeah, no,
1: I just have fun the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like, how do you live with yourself if you could have had a fortune, but you missed it by a week
2: or two? Yeah, it's crazy stuff. All right, TJ. Anything for our audience before we sign off?
1: No, that's pretty much it. Buff uh, had a happy Thanksgiving. I'm I'm happy you're still gonna you know celebrate with your family, even though you were on the road. And uh, but that's about it.
2: Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to UFC Adelaide. Gonna get down there. Can't wait to do the main event. Announce the main event with Junior Dos Santos and uh, Taba- uh Excuse me, Tai Ivasa who's a character and a half and always a pleasure to run into in person, much less watch fight in the octagon. We got a light heavyweight co-main event with Tyson Pedro and Shogun Hua. Boy, Shogun Hua, I I think he's been fighting longer than anybody. And then on the pre-co-main event, none other than who we always love watching fight is Mark Hunt against Justin Willis, Uh, Jake Matthews, always enjoyable to watch against Anthony Rocco Martin. A lot of good, fun fights on this card. Uh, Yushin Okami's on the card, Wilson Hayes. Um, going to be fun time. So I'm looking forward to roaring from the octagon in Adelaide this weekend. I'll see you all on whenever it comes on here. TJ, what time does it come on here on Fox sports one? I'm think, doing it on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I think it's normal time.
2: So, uh, great. Yep. I think you're right. Cause we're doing it very early on Sunday. So it could be here normal time on Saturday, which is great. All right, everybody. Hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. TJ, always a pleasure. Be back next week with another exciting guest. It was a pleasure having my brother, Michael buffer on the show today. And everybody, please treat everybody with respect, treat people the way you want to be treated, be a role model to your sphere of influence, set your goals, write them down, learn about them. When you set on that path to fulfill your goal, just be the best you can be, because then you're winning no matter to what level you win. It's just winning more. So that's what we talk about. on it's time. Be a winner. I will talk to you next week. Buffer out. The
0: preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader.